Welcome to Common Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra, and together we will talk with some of the nation's leading experts on balancing success and self-care. Also, we will discuss how to manage the interrelationship between mind, body, and soul. So you guys sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Thanks and welcome to Common Sense. Today's host is Mike Benny, and he is amazing. He's one of America's leading mental health speakers and a high-energy drum circle facilitator. He delivers educational, engaging, and entertaining presentations to meetings and conferences throughout the world. Mike is fiercely committed to wellness, suicide prevention, and helping people work together. Mike is also the founder of Transforming Stigma, an organization that speaks out against stigma of mental illness. Now, some of his achievements and his accolades, he has many of them, but I'll only choose a few. It includes 2017 PM 360 Elite Magazine winner, featured keynote speakers on things like TED Talk, like we all want one of those, Corporate Wellness Magazine, he's featured in ABC, NBC, CBC, and Health Central. I was privileged to meet Mike and his fiance at a regional conference for NAMI. He is so humble. He's very informative. And one thing that I love about him is that he's authentic. He has such an amazing story, and I am delighted to have him today. Let's welcome Mike Vinny. Thank you so much and hello to your listeners out there. Thank you. Thank you. It is so amazing to get you on the call because I know you're always busy. So I'm like, thank God we got him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited to be here. So over the last year or two, I have watched you. You glow. Your glow has even changed and everything has totally increased dramatically with you. We see new projects, new videos popping up all over social media. How is life treating? you now how's everything going for you oh wow I I like what you just said my my glow has has changed and that's tell you how I took that I I took that as as the energy I'm putting out into the world is maybe changing and I'm trying to be conscientious of that because that's really important to do and life's been treating me very good or I should say I've learned to manage life much more effectively in the past year through a lot of pain you know that's that's how we get to places, right? So I've really been focused this past year, really looking at life through a spiritual lens of trying to just use my gifts to help as many people as I can. And so maybe that's what you've seen online. I don't know. It's oozing out everywhere. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, you can just look at it from like when I first started to pictures now and it's like, wow, he's carrying something and it has to be from that spiritual side. Tell us a little bit about your mental health condition or... Well, you know, it's funny. Everyone likes diagnoses because we, we as humans like to put things in categories. Right. We like to understand. And when we don't understand something, that really frustrates us and annoys us. And mental health in general is confusing. And so to give a diagnosis, I've been given many. And just the other day, I actually asked my psychiatrist for one. I said, well, don't we have a diagnosis for me yet? And she said, not really. <laughs> and it was frustrating, you know, it was frustrating because I, I'm the type of person, I just want the answer. Give me the answer. Give me right. The answer. I want to know what's going on. And for me, you know, I struggle with depression. I, I do know that that's been uh, very debilitating at times. It's made it difficult to just 
get out of bed. It's difficult to get work done, to, to socialize. I also struggle with anxiety. Okay. And that, that's a real big one for me is the anxiety. And, and I struggle with obsessive compulsive disorder. My brain just, just fires away things that I can't stop thinking about. I just can't stop thinking about. And even like today, just to simply get on this call with you, I realize I have to really force myself to get into a place where I'm not obsessing about certain things and I can just be present with you and your listeners. That is a small summary of what I struggle with. And, you know, it, each day I deal with it. It's not just like seasons. It's every single day. And some days are, are really difficult and other days are a little more easy, but that's what I manage each day. No, I totally understand because I have anxiety and depression. So some days I can physically feel the depression on me. My body aches. And so, you know, anxiety comes in with me and it comes in at the worst times of my life. I've had a panic attack in a clinical rotation when I was doing a sonography. So I'm trying to check a person and I'm looking at weddings. So it's kind of like, how do you get a job in the field if you can't touch anybody? So we, (laughs) we are still trying to figure this one. I don't know. So <laughs> wow. I'm doing like, you know, different meditation, breathing. And, you know, even with me, I take medication. But I appreciate you saying that. I actually remember a conversation that we had about this, where we both have this thing in common, where we both experience anxiety right. and, and, and depression at the same time. And that is just, you know, depression for many people. I mean, it's different for everyone. So all of you listening, what, what Kendra might define as depression for her might be different from me and, and someone else. Right. But I know for me that, you know, depression is this intense uh, sadness and almost like emptiness feeling and, and inability to just have any kind of momentum. And I'm just stuck in this, this space. And, and sometimes it gets physically painful. And the anxiety at the same time happening can be my, my heart racing and my thoughts racing. And you put that together. That's a mess. That's a real <laughs> mental, mental mess. It, it is, that's the best way to explain it. It's like, are you serious right now? Like, yeah, I totally understand it. Even in church Sunday, and I couldn't concentrate. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So the anxiety was building up with me. I was like, this is not good. Oh, this is good. How do you counteract the negative thoughts? of depression, anxiety, and OCD. I've tried everything in the book, Kendra. I have tried. <laughs> I've tried everything. I don't think sometimes it's possible to counteract them. Right. But a new thing that, that has been very recent in my life, actually, is admitting out loud that I am powerless over my emotions. <gasps> I love that. Yes. It's just saying that and surrendering to that, that you know what, here's what it is, and I'm just powerless, and just leave it at that. And for some reason, it doesn't, doesn't make it go away. But it changes my perspective on it in that moment. And that has made the difference between real self-destructive behavior and, and just getting through it. I love it. I love it because I think that's the best answer I can even think of. I have, I've never thought about that because I'm always trying to, you know, push it down, do something. You know, I don't want anybody to see me like this, but I think that's the oh, best. Yeah. yeah, you know, especially not my, you know, my church family, of course. So, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm here in the South, so we don't play that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do a whole episode about that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that that's it for me. And you mentioned your psychiatrist. How's that going? How's your therapy sessions coming along? 
good. I actually currently have a social worker who's a therapist where I go through talk therapy. For all of us, it's just good to talk about things, especially with someone who's not a friend, not a significant other, not a family member. Right. It's good to have someone just to work through. We all have stuff in our heads. And one thing I, I say about therapy to people is a lot of people see it as a negative thing. You're not doing well if you need to go to therapy. I actually think it's great to just even talk about wonderful things in life. And exactly. You know, you, you win something, you achieve something, talk about it with your therapist. It's good to process thoughts and emotions because go back to what I said at the beginning, they're confusing for all of us. I also go to a psychiatrist because I am taking medication called Wellbutrin, depression, antidepressants. Right. That has really, really been helping me. So I've been really enjoying the results of that. And the beautiful thing is they work hand in hand with each other. They have each other's contact information. This way, it's a treatment team. The other thing that I also do is group therapy because there's something in the power of peers right. sitting in a group working through this stuff. And with peers, sometimes you hear a story from someone else that helps you or makes you realize that you don't have it that bad. Because sometimes you hear stories and it's like, okay, I got it good. Other times you share something and you don't realize it, but you sharing your pain, you might actually help somebody else. True. And so it's a very, very powerful thing. So I basically do all three each week. I love it. I don't, I, you know, I need to look into group therapy because I'm not sure if we have it here, but if we do, I need to sign up ASAP because I think that would benefit me talking about it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The power of peers. Wow. I love it. So doing your therapy sessions now, do you ever have like one of those little aha moments, like everything lights up and like, oh my God, why did you know about that? <laughs> oh, oh gosh. I, I, yes, I do. I love those moments because sometimes I'll be in there for like two or three months, just frustrated. Every session like we're, we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about the same thing, you know? And then sometimes I get hit with like a bolt of lightning with something pretty amazing. And so recently I've had a few insights that have really helped me understand my own behavior, wow. understand my own thinking, why, why I get to a certain place. And I'm starting to do a new thing, Kendra. Instead of saying I'm depressed or anxious, therapy has taught me to identify that, you know what? I'm actually thinking about things I feel guilty about and ashamed of, which is making me depressed. Mm -hmm. So it's not just being able to say I'm depressed, but really starting to get to what the underlying thought process is and say that out loud. I love it. I love it. That's one of the questions I, I was going to ask. Do you experience, you know, experience shame? So, oh, that is fabulous because I've gone through that myself. And so it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I look at life now and I'm like, this is not where I saw myself 20 years ago at all. So <laughs> same here. No, no, no. Same here. And shame, shame. You're, you're right. We live in a world that's all about success. I mean, right. even if even the lazy people like want to be successful in their own way. Right. And, you know, even a thug right on the street wants to be successful in, 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 in a thug way. I think a lot of times we associate mental health issues with weakness. And so I carry a lot of shame with that sometimes. I've gotten much better, and it's a process, not right. a destination. But also shame about maybe things I've done in the past. Like I, I will totally admit it on your show. I've, I've done some mean things to people. I've done some horrible things to people. And right. things, things no one will ever know about <laughs> that, that were done in private. And you know what? I, I walk around with a lot of shame, Kendra. I walk right. around with a lot of shame. And learning to process that and forgive myself has really been helping with my depression because a lot of times we think we could sweep something under the rug 
And, you know, no one's ever going to know about it, whatever. Life goes on. I'm right. Focus on the next thing. But you know what? They, those, those things stay with us. And they will come out in ugly ways, whether it's through mental health issues, through violence, crime, or, or substance abuse. So it's really important to always address the deep stuff that you don't want to talk about. No, I love that. I love that. Because, you you know, you'll carry it around daily. And I, I, you, you are totally not the only one. I can say I have been really ugly at times. You know, now I understand why. But, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I can even relate to that because going on, for instance, going to Las Vegas for a Beyonce concert, my sorors and I, you know, sororities, we were there. And, you know, Mike, I have to be alone at times. I, I need my time by myself just to regroup. And so, of course, they didn't understand it. It's Girls Weekend. We're going to be together all weekend. So I tried. I really, really tried. By that Sunday, I stormed out the room and I just, just like, lost it and left. And they were like, oh, my God, did you really leave us in Vegas? And, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Now going through it, I'm like, you know, that was kind of, you know, evil at the point. So I had to apologize to every one of them, maybe, a, you know, a, a year later and say, you guys, you know, I was wrong for that. That was not right. You know, I, I just had to process my feelings. But the sad part, it took me a year. So, <laughs> well, well, at least you did it. Some people never do it. And, you know, first of all, I, I just want to say thank you for sharing that because you and I are so alike because <laughs> I'm the same way. I need, I need my space. Right. Sometimes even if I'm doing a fun thing with people I love, it's just like, I need my space, like my time. to And, and for, for the people that are listening, your listeners, that's typically called introverts and extroverts. Introverts like to recharge privately. And right. extroverts need to go to the party down the block to recharge. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I, just, I need my space. Like I, I always say the real me is me walking around in my hoodie by myself right. and like everybody just leaves me alone. Exactly. But, 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 you know, that goes into something else. It's like learning, you know, mental health issues and people issues go hand in hand. You can't sure. have one without the other. And part of something you and I, I'm sure both have had to learn or are still learning is how to manage relationships with other people. And like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, family, friends, boundaries, all that stuff. And I just want to go on what you said again about Vegas. I've had to learn that I have to communicate with people. No, I can't hang out with you. I need my space. True. And do it unapologetically. True. That's true. I mean, because I'm not even speaking to my sorority sisters now. It's kind of like we lost all of that over like a weekend. And so it's, it's very hurtful for me that that's, you know, that happened. But, you know, I can only apologize. And I think it's very hard for a relationship, like, you know, for me with dating, because a lot of, you don't want to give them too much at first, but then you don't want to, you know, kind of drag the process along. So, you know, it's kind of finding that, you know, that line, when do I tell them that this could happen or, you know, that's the only thing for me. So yeah, it's kind of hard for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it it is for all of us. But I have found that, you know, I, I live by this rule of clearing up expectations on the front end avoids problems on the back end right and you know let's just say look i i moved to louisiana you you and i start hanging out i could we go out for lunch once a week you and me right. you know we totally had some great conversations right? right um you know i would say look you know kendra here, here's one of the things that i tend to do when i'm in a bad place so in case i you know blank right you know what's going on and, and i'm a big believer in having that uncomfortable conversation at first I because 
when you just rip off the band-aid and have the uncomfortable conversation, the wound's exposed and it can heal faster. But sometimes when you try to rip off the band-aid slowly, it, it's a lot more painful. <laughs> <laughs> now that is true. I love that. <laughs> so true. Oh my God. So true. Funniest thing happened to me. I was in the grocery store and a guy came up to me. He was like, you know, you're very beautiful. You know, do you have kids? And I was like, no, no kids. He was have you been married? I was like, no, I'm single, you know, following my career. He just looked at me. He was like, you're one of those crazy girls. I was like, really? What? <laughs> <laughs> so I told him, you know what? I wrote a book about it. Here you go. So would you like to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a sale. That's a sale go. right there. <laughs> there you go. Sell by any means. So <laughs> but it's crazy that people will just group you in just one column you know it's kind of like well if you don't have this this and this well you gotta be this and it's crazy that we go through that and so I just had to you know learn to just laugh at it at this point because you know it's gonna happen it's it, you know it's gonna happen which is so sad but it is and, and can I can I elaborate on that too because <laughs> it goes back to what I said we need to put things in categories but you know what? it serves us because we have to determine you know if you and I are are, are walking on a street at night and someone just comes from around the corner that looks kind of suspicious, you and I have to use some judgment in our brains and go, okay, something doesn't look right. You know, right. <laughs> maybe we, we should walk to the other side of the street. Maybe we should stop and go the other way. And, and we're judging. So we use that for survival. That's very important to our survival. Like when we're driving a car, we judge all the time. I think what happens is people sometimes don't become aware that they use it in situations that are actually more harmful than they realize. Right. Like that man approaching you in the store, someone labeling me as crazy, you know, whatever that is. Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. So let's get down to the career part of your, you know, of your mental health. How do you yeah. balance that? How do you balance your career and, you know, the mental aspect of everything and actually come out positive? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know actually no i i'm learning it still. i'm learning it each day i'm i'm a student kendra i i don't i don't ever see myself as a master at anything like i'm always feeling like the kid in class that is really struggling right that, that always has to ask questions one thing that i've learned to do is organize myself that's yeah. a big one organizing myself and I found the greatest organizational tool and mental health tool ever is called a yellow legal pad you can buy them at Staples or your favorite store and, and, and I write down things that are on my mind it's real simple and a lot of times therapists will have people do that in the session you know just write down everything that's on your mind because somehow when you take it off of your mind and put it on paper even those bad thoughts you don't want to tell nobody it takes the power away in the moment and right. at the same time if you got a bunch of stuff to do, errands to run, you write that down on a piece of paper, it gets it off your mind. So basically what I've learned to do is manage things. And the other thing is constantly learn new skills around business. You know, I, I was doing one of my first big mental health speeches ever, and it was so nerve-wracking because it was like, I'm new to this. Like, I don't know how to do this. Right. And I went to a dinner after, and, you know, I was with a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a social worker, and... All they were doing was talking about business books. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, we should be talking about, like, recovery and stuff like that. And basically, it came up that reading business books is actually good for your mental health. Because, yeah, the lessons you learn in business, because think about it. In business, you have to learn how to 
manage yourself. You have to learn to deal with people. You have to learn to sell yourself effectively. You've got to learn to manage money. All that stuff is important in business and important in mental health. And so what I've learned to do is take the skills I'm learning in business. For instance, like one of the skills that I've learned is to, at the beginning of each day, sit with my yellow legal pad and some black coffee and Mm -hmm. take a look at the day, see what's going on. That five minutes of that changes your mental health and your work life. (laughs) And it really does. You know, when when I worked, they would tell us always to, at the end of the day, jot down what's on your schedule for the next day. So when you get to work, you can actually look at that schedule, know how to categorize which comes first, which comes last, and then you, bam, you already have it. And Mm -hmm. so I even do that now. At nighttime, I'm just going through writing down what I have to take care of the next day. I'll have it either in my phone or something I wrote it on or on my computer. And I go straight to it that morning and start working. But you're right. uh, Organization helps me out a lot. (laughs) Because if I didn't have it, all the thoughts in my mind would go all over the place. One of the therapists always told me to write it down and that way you can declutter your mind. <laughs> yep. It's a <laughs> sim- simple thing for everyone listening to this. Whether you have a mental health issue or you know someone that does, just something all of us should be doing. But yes, it definitely helps with our anxiety. It really does. So how did you even get to speaking? I mean, you were, a, of course, we know you were a drummer, you were a consultant and a speaker. How did that even transform? Well, I, I think I've always been an entrepreneur on some level because the idea of being self-employed just seemed very easy to me. I was always a risk taker. Right. I like to do my own thing. I don't like to follow nobody's rules. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, that, that's it right there. I want, to, I want to make the rules for myself. One of the things that happened is I had a breakdown and it was really bad in 2011. And I did what anyone should do when they're struggling, make a phone call right? and, and call somebody. And I called this woman I have known for years who's worked in mental health. Okay. And I told her, I said, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I want to kill myself, and I'm, I'm self-harming, and, and I, need, I need help. Can you find me a therapist or something? Right. I don't want to die. And she responded with going, hey, Mike, what's up? How are you? And I'm like, it's not that kind of phone call. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm in pain. <laughs> and she, she didn't care. She just kept going, so good to hear from you. And then she goes, can I hire you to be my mental health speaker for a conference? I said, absolutely not. Right. I, I, I am not a mental health speaker. No, no, no. That is not cool. I'm not doing that. And she kept pressing the issue. And I'm just like, look, I need a therapist. You've got to get back to me with a therapist. So I, I hung up the phone. And the next day, she emailed me. Did what I call adult bullying when you uh, CC a bunch of people. Uh, right. When you're emailing somebody, and, uh, and we, we all know about that. Yes, and we so, know. That, uh, yes, we know. So she did that, and she said, I'd like to hire you to be my speaker. And I said, are, are you going to pay me? And, uh, <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured I'd get some money for it. And, and, and I figured, you know what? I'll, I'm just going to take this money, go there and speak, and at the very least, it might make me feel better. Right. So I had something to look forward to. So when a lot of times when people are at their worst with mental health issues, they have nothing to look forward to. They're losing hope. But having this date on the calendar where I had to go and show up and keep something in my mind. And from that first speech, um, I got a standing ovation. Wow. And I was very confused by it. I was like, this is weird. Like, I don't know what this world is. And, and I'm a big believer spiritually that we all have to, you have a choice whether to surrender and serve your gifts or not. 
And I said, maybe my mental health issues are one of my gifts, as strange as that might seem to me, let me go through with it. So I decided to pursue it within a year. I was speaking around the country at different events and it's just grown from there. I love this story, you know, and it's just amazing how when people hear your story, oh my God, you know, and they look and they can actually see the strength in you when we would actually see it as a weakness, but everyone else sees it as strength. And so yeah. I love that about you. And so I can't even well, explain you. it. You know, the last thing I wanted to do is get on stage and speak in front of people. You know? <laughs> yep. But now I find myself totally like loving it and share my story. And so I think I need to transition and actually say, okay, Kendra, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And whether you get paid or not, okay, we need a check, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Exactly. We got to live. And so you just got to follow what you love and just be t- consistency, I guess, is a thing for me. Hey, can, I, can, I, can I add something to that? Because yes. for those of you listening that want to take what you're doing and turn it into money, that's, that's always the mysterious question for people. It's like, how do I take this and turn it into something lucrative? First of all, there's no shame in that at all. Right. And I think a lot of people are insecure about that because they, they think it's weird to charge for something they love. But I'm a big believer. If you run whatever you're doing, like for real business, not like a almost business, right. like a real solid business, not only should you get paid, but you're going to have this spiritual opportunity to actually serve more people. I love so it. that's the mentality that I always go around with is that I run my, my company like a serious business and, and I'm always trying to get better at that. Never arriving. Right, <laughs> and exactly. what that allowed me to do is get paid for what I do, travel the country, in and out of the country, and also serve so many people. I love it because I mean, at the, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you live for. You know, you're pouring out into someone else. And I never thought I would love this, but I do. I really do. I'm one of those people that would just rather sit behind, you know, a lab and just be by myself and run tests and stuff. But right now you got to shake hands and hug people and, you know, see people yep. cry and laugh. So <laughs> I'm with you. Only with you on that. So tell us about transforming stigma. Yeah, well, transforming stigma. Going back to that year of, of me figuring out this new thing called speaking in mental health, I was still on, on a personal note struggling to find a therapist. Myself. Wow. Because when you're looking for help, your mental health, it's really hard to find. It's not like a heart attack and the ambulance goes and they get you the help you need. It's like really difficult to find help for mental health issues. So what I did is as I started to speak, I said, look, I still need to find a therapist. I was looking for different ones. And at the same time, I started to do research on mental health and, and stigma for myself because right. I realized that part of me was really uncomfortable with this realization that I have these severe mental health issues and I've got to really just face it for the rest of my life. Part of me was very uncomfortable with that. Right. And so Transforming Stigma actually was written on a napkin. It was three, three points that I wrote to myself to help get myself through my mental health journey. Wow. And, and so it was literally my, my little three things to remember. And it was this idea that stigma starts with shame, which I was feeling shame. Right. Shame leads to silence. I wasn't talking about it, which is why I ended up having a breakdown. Right. And the silence leads to sabotage, self-destructive behavior. And so the key to transforming it for me, for myself, was self-care. When I started to really take care of myself, and a lot of people talk about self-care, but let me explain what that is. That okay. means being proactive and putting hours in the day in doing real stuff for you to grow yourself. Mm-hmm. And that includes reading. That can include exercise, spiritual work, 
going to therapy, making sure you take your medicine, whatever it is that you need to do for you. Right. So I really got proactive about it. In addition, learning to have conversations about it. So when you're quiet about stuff, issues own you. You open your mouth, you take the power back. So I made it a point just to start telling everyone in my neighborhood who I would meet, hi, I have mental health issues. Tell everybody. I still do it now. I am making it okay. It doesn't matter if someone else is okay with it. I'm making it okay for me. And finally, that the key to transforming the self-destructive behavior was to connect with others. Take time to connect with others through, through support groups, through speaking, through whatever means that I could. And that's what I still use to work on my own mental health. It makes sense. When I eat right and I'm actually exercising, I feel so much better. But if yeah. I don't, yeah, I can anxiety sits on me. And I'm like, oh my God. So um, even now, I'm like, I'm getting back into the gym because I have to. It, it really is. I, um, it helps me on the other end. Mental health is an asset. I think you talked about that briefly. Yeah, I had to choose to see it differently. Right. Again, people, when, they, when you say the words mental health, right. automatically, that just has a negative connotation. Classic yeah. example is like, you tell your friend, oh, I got a cold. I got a really bad cold. But when you talk about your mental health issues, we talk about a client. Why, why is that? Why can't it be the same volume? You know, maybe my mental health issues are not really issues. Maybe right. they're just what makes me unique. And what makes me unique are my special gifts. Therefore, mental health issues are my asset. And I decided to look at it like that. Again, it's a choice. This way, when I'm experiencing depression and anxiety and that hot mess in my head all at the same time, <laughs> part of me knows that, you know what, this is just part of being me and that's okay. That's one of the things that I learned. Anxiety and depression, it took me to another level of Kendra. Like I had to dig deeper and I I was able to see the creative side. Some things I would never do, I'm actually out doing it now. And so like speaking and podcasts and stuff like that. And I don't mind singing outside and, you know, doing things I would have never have done in my twenties and stuff. I would always be, you know, prim and proper. Now I'm just like, forget it. This is who Kendra is and I'm sharing it with everybody. So I love it. (laughs) Don't stop doing that. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I love it. But it took me to a place where I was free. It was just some sort of freedom and that I got. And, you know, I was living behind this mask and stuff and released the mask. And I was like, okay, I have issues. Yes. But there's this whole other area where I'm blessed with. Now, when you're working with creating the videos and social media, How's the anxiety? That's a really good question. Um, actually, as we are talking right now, I'm going to be leaving for Philadelphia in okay. a few hours. Okay. So I'm sh- shooting a film tomorrow wow. um, on, on mental health. And we're going to be trying some new stuff. And um, I, I, I like taking risks and trying stuff that hasn't been done. Right. I feel like when I'm dancing on the edge of failure and like really making a fool of myself, that's when good stuff comes out. Always. Right. So... I'm kind of just uh, trusting it. But no, I've got a lot of anxiety about it. I'm wondering if, you know, things are going to come out right and all this stuff. But you know what? Part of me is also trusting that I kind of need that anxiety in order to be effective. So it's both. It's like I have the anxiety and part of me is like really okay with it because you need it as part of the process. So it's it's weird. And again, I'm still just staying focused today on healthcare. I'm going to go to the gym before I get on that train. Yes. So, okay, new projects. You just told us about one. Are there any other projects that's coming down the line? I remember we talked about you were going to put a project together for entrepreneurs that wanted to start for paying engagements. Have you started that yet? Or when are you yes, launched? It's actually mostly done. It's going to be on my website, transformingstigma.com. Okay. Uh, soon in the next few months. Okay. Will be a, a product called How to Book Paid Speaking Gigs. 
And it's specifically for people who want to get started speaking. And keep in mind, I am very fortunate that I make over six figures a year doing what I do. Really explain for, for about four hours in an interview, like the ins and outs of how you go about it. Because a lot of times people don't realize that even if you're a good speaker, there's still the business of speaking, which is separate from being a good speaker. It's a totally exactly. separate thing. And understanding that and, and what I suggest people do to, to market themselves and sell themselves and negotiate and get their skills better and, and all that stuff. So that's going to be on there. There's already actually a product on the site now called Amazingly Simple Self-Care, okay. which is a uh, two-hour interview with a journalist named Leanna Johnson who actually interviewed me on, on self-care on, on for about two hours on different things that I suggest people do and I've learned and I use for myself right. to, to take care of myself. So that's um, already on there now. In addition, I'm releasing my podcast again. It's already out there, but it's been on hiatus. And I now have a co-host who is that same person, Leanna Johnson. She's actually uh, my co-host on the show. We're going to be exploring a variety of subjects with two very different personalities, which is one of the reasons I wanted her. Right. So we can fight with each other if we need to, <laughs> in, in, in a peaceful way. Right, And right. I'm really, uh, really excited about that. I love it. Yes, we want more podcasts. Give us your contact information, because I want all the listeners to know where they can buy your merchandise, if they need to do a speaking engagement, whatever it is, or a workshop. Sure. Well, you can visit my website. It's transformingstigma.com. Again, that's transformingstigma.com. And my name is Mike Vini. It's spelled, my last name is spelled with V like in Victor. E is in Edward, N is in Nancy, Y. And you can just find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those sites. And feel free to just reach out and say hello. And if there's any way I can be of help to you, feel free to reach out. Well, there you have it, folks. He is amazing. And like I told you, he is very authentic. And you stick to your word every time. So I will let you go. And I just have to personally tell you, thank you so much. And, you know, I have stalked you and said, you know, like, hey, are you going to do the show? And, you know, I thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, th thank you for having me, Kendra. It's oh, so great I to meet you. To your listeners, take care. Thank you so much. Same to you.